Hello, hello, crypto traders around the world. We're back again for another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Thank you for being a listener. Whether you're a subscriber or not yet, I want to thank you for being a listener here today. We have a lot to chat about, and I want to get right into it. First, let me get some particulars out of the way. As I said, CryptoTalkRadio.net is a site. We'd appreciate it if you share it out to anybody you think would benefit from hearing about great crypto news, exciting information, also a little bit of a personal touch to it. We are growing fast, and we've been around since October and proud to be here and thankful that you guys have chosen us to listen to, whether you're driving or you're at work or whatever you're doing, and we try to give you the best we can. We have streamlined our episodes a little bit for the current process that we're doing. We will be ramping back up in the near future. So for right now, just bear with us, sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Let's go ahead and get into our internal news for today. Let me go ahead and chat about my little endeavor that I've got going on. For those new to the show, I've been working a side endeavor that just started last week. I'm wrapping up the second week, and this endeavor does two things. One, it's for money generation purposes. It has to do with my life outside of podcasting, my life outside of radio, my life outside of being a, quote, influencer, my life outside of being a, quote, personality. It is my regular day-to-day, I don't want to say J-O-B because I, I'm my own boss, frankly, but I work with a client and then I have to do what the client needs me to do, but I also have to help them improve what they're doing. Process improvements what I do for a living. And I argue I'm very good at it. You may have heard inklings of this in the coverage I do about different cryptos because it all ties together. If I see something is done wrong or stupid, I call it out. Some of this is common sense. Some of it's not. So that's my kind of outside life, right? So I've been working with the Endeavor. And what I mentioned was that it feels like a roller coaster ride because there are people, it's like two sides. If you remember the movie Rocky, I'm talking about the first one, the good one. And they were out there and they're singing around a flaming barrel. It's like two sides of love that you ought to know that. It feels like there's two sides of the street here. And you got one side and they're cool people, great to work with. They're excited. They like me there. They want me to help infect change. And then this other side, they don't want to change a thing. They want to do the same thing. And they get upset when you question them on stupid processes. We're trying to get it to where this other side is out of the way so that we can help them. It, it's it's a strange deal, but I believe it's their culture is just one of resistance to change. Well, the problem is you have a contradict because you brought me in and you pay me a lot of money and I'm not going to ethically let you waste money on me just to have me sit in a chair and do stupid work. So I'm forcing this and by forcing it, it caused me to, and this is my disclaimer for you guys. I may have to back off the endeavor. I hope not. I want to work with them, but I need them to let go. They've got to embrace the change because I'm one of those who's ethically opposed to wasting people's money. If I'm brought... If you had a leak in your home and you need to hire a plumber and the plumber says, yep, thousand dollars because it's pretty dang bad. And the guy shows up and instantly you tell him, oh, can you go over here and fix this minor leak over here and this over there? And don't worry about that big one because that's whatever. You're paying him a thousand dollars. Let him do his freaking job to get you taken care of. That's what I'm talking about. It's like you're paying me a lot of money. I ethically am not going to steal your money and have you do me wasted stuff. And I'm unique that way. There are greedy people out there that just will take somebody's money. I'm not one of those. That's not me. I'm not a charity. I do need to get paid, but I want to make sure that what I'm paid to do showcases the best of me because that's how I prove to you 
that I truly am what I say, which is the best, simply the best, better than all the rest. So it's possible, no confirmation. I just got the first payment, by the way, this week, Hercules, Hercules, that worked great. And then I talked to my contact and the second payment looks like it's in a good spot. I just have to get in the docs and we're good now that we got the first one in and everything's locked. Second one should be quick. And then we're making some adjustments to the contract to kind of expedite stuff. So he's working with me and everything's kind of clean. Now it's just getting the client to back off what they're asking. Cause if they can't, I'll have to stop the endeavor. That means that I'll be delayed in getting out of freaking Nevada and it's hot as all get out. So it doesn't stop me necessarily from moving, but it delays me because I'd have to take the money, pick a different place than where I plan to go, at least temporarily, and then find another client to work with and just be adamant during the initial upfront. Look, I need to make sure you're going to use every bit of my skill because that's why I'm coming in. I'm not going to come in and just do your legacy work. I'm coming in to fix your processes. As long as we're on that page, I think we're fine. And I, my contact has even said that he wants to place me with other different things and help other different country companies. So I think there's, if there's other opportunities out there, so it's not the end of the endeavor, but there may be some shifts. What does that mean for you and for the show and for the brand at this point? Nothing. However, in a future state, if it turns out that I do need to let the endeavor go, there's a 15 day notice. So I'll still get more money <laughs> for another 15 days and it, it won't be significant amount. Well, actually it'll be a pretty good amount of money. <laughs> and you know, I'll take that and I'll just stay where I am. I'll figure out the last 15. I'll wrap up with them, wind it all down. Then I will make a plan to get somewhere else. So I'm out of Nevada. Cause that still has to happen no matter what, figure out where I want to go and then settle into the new place, get all cleaned and all that stuff. And there's some stuff I want to do as part of that. And then look for another client. And then I just have to figure it all out. And it's, that's the risk because there's a lot to what I just described. But I have a plan. I don't want to lead the endeavor. I want to keep working with them because I think they're, I can help them. It's just they got to let me. Just like these tokens. They got to let me help. So that's in flight. It doesn't affect you right now. But once I do have some decision on the movement, then I'll let you know if there's any schedule changes or something about the show. I don't anticipate any of those. So that's all I got for the internal news for uh, me and the show and the podcast and everything else. Uh, for external, I'm not going to bore you too much with stuff, just a couple of big points. The biggest on the top is this whole Terra Luna fiasco. It's a fiasco at this point. I can only describe it as a fiasco. And I don't want to go to details. I Suffice to say, I said on Tuesday that this whole situation is affecting everybody. I don't think it just affects people that invested. I think it's investing or affecting rather every single person that has any sort of crypto touch and possibly stock market. As I record this, it seems like Bitcoin is having a little bit of a recovery run. I don't know how long it will last, but it does seem like many of the coins are coming back into the green ever so slightly. And that may bode well. Time will tell if that's something that's more sustainable a number of tokens went on exchanges recently, so that's also changing. However, many exchanges started introducing KYC. I just learned that BitMart was forcing KYC across the board. I know that wasn't always the case because I have some crypto in there, and the only way I could have gotten it in there is by way of not having a KYC because I'm pretty sure I never did a KYC with them because they're asking for it now. And I have a token, and they won't let me withdraw it, and they I can't sell it, but I could probably sell it through PancakeSwap but I can't get it out because they want KYC and I'm not doing it. 
I refuse. So I've never used BitMart at all. Mostly I've used, I previously was using Gate.io. They blocked out US entirely. I said, F you. And I was like, all right, fine. I, ch- I chose not to use crypto.com because they're forcing a mobile app. Well, it turns out they actually, somebody was listening to me and didn't give me my credit because they're going to build a web front end for crypto.com, but it's in the future and you have to be on a reservation list. And I signed up for that because I am not doing a mobile app. That's garbage. I was using Hotbit. I do use Hotbit every now and then, like for certain tokens, but not like I, I might go in there once a quarter. Most I use is KuCoin. KuCoin seems to have been the best of all worlds. It doesn't require KYC. It just has a lesser limit, and the limit's pretty extreme. It's like $100,000 or something. It's a, I think it's even more than that. It's, it's a pretty generous limit. And then if you want to do KYC for an increased limit, that's fine. I'm cool with that. I would never get close to the freaking limits. Like, I'd be, I'd be sitting pretty if I ever got close to their withdrawal limits. And even then, I would just say, you know, fine, I'll just build, take it out in chunks. Like, I don't never need... Million, millions and millions of dollars in withdrawal. That's what they got on KuCoin. So I'm just on their tier that does not require KYC. And it's been really good to me. It's fast. Their support's pretty dang good. I use it anytime I need to buy BNB. The only thing I don't like about KuCoin, they don't sell Binance USD. So then I have to take the BNB, take it to my wallet, go to Descend. So like um, PancakeSwap or EverSwap or something else or even Thorium, and then convert the BNB to BUSD, but then I'm getting nailed with the fee, the gas. I don't like that. Other than that, I love KuCoin. KuCoin, I think you're great, fantastic. So I was going through KuCoin, and what I did today is I bought a bunch of, I got my payment from my client, which made me, like I always had money, but I was not comfortable spending any of it until I got the first payment to make sure I was going to get it. And then there's timing things, right? There's other things I should be paying for that I'm choosing not to yet. But I will, depending on the second payment. When the next payment comes in, then I have to decide if I just get out of here or I pay the current bill. And that's going to depend on whether I drop the Endeavor or if I continue, then I would just, you know, make plans to get out of here and go where, they're, go, go where they are. Because it depends on where I go. If I decide to continue working the Endeavor, that means that I need to go where they are, which I don't really want to. <laughs> I don't, um, but it's uh, it's part of the contract. Or if I drop the Endeavor, then I can go pretty much anywhere and I have some ideas of where I'd want to go. But then I'd have to find another client and start getting some money on that client and set my foot down and say, if I'm going to start this, here's the ground rules and work it from there. The current Endeavor contract has a 15-day notice requirement, so that means that at minimum, I'm there for 15 more days, which is more money, and it's a pretty good amount of money. Uh, so I'm not worried about the money aspect at all in this. It's I don't even want to do some of the stuff they're asking while we're sorting out the money. That's what I'm having to fix with them. So I get the payment, this first payment, and against my better judgment, I say, you know what? These dips, these reds, these everything are just too good to ignore. And I've had my eye on some projects and I've wanted to invest in them for the longest time because I see that there's strong potential in what they could offer for my uh, future state, right? I'm trying to build for the future because I know, again, something like this could happen in the endeavors in this, whatever groove or, and I need to have this plan B. So I know that investing in some of these is, is safe for me may not be safe for everybody else, but for me, it works. So I take some of the money that I make from the Endeavor and I 
go to KuCoin and I buy and KuCoin, I have it set up where in, I can buy with straight credit card. It, it and Coinbase are the only two that I'm okay doing the quote verification and Banksa, the NXA. Those are the only three where I've said, okay, I'll go through your hoops to do whatever verification KYC. And that's only because with with Coinbase, for example, Coinbase is the only is the only place where you can store fiat. So that's number one. And I have really high limits on my debit card. Like I think they just bumped me up again. Um, and limits on my deposits and all that. They bumped me up. And because of, you know, I've never screwed the account and it's, you know, but I only use it to cash out. And then KuCoin, and I use KuCoin to purchase cryptocurrency. I don't use it to trade. Sometimes I do, but very rare. Like I don't, I've, they've asked me to do the margin and I've tried it. And I'm like, this isn't for me, brother. But other than that, I really just purchased like BMB or Tron, TRX or AVAX or Phantom. Like I bought some Phantom today. I bought some BNB today and then, you know, sent them to my wallet to do all the rest of the stuff. I don't use it as an exchange. I use it to purchase. So I can purchase crypto from, I could have purchased the same stuff from Coinbase, but Coinbase does not sell BNB. It sells, I think it sells Phantom, but I think it's like the Ethereum Phantom and then you're getting ripped off gas fees. So I go to KuCoin to avoid the gas fees. If I just need to get money out of Coinbase, I'll use Algorand and then I'll send it to whichever exchange, trade it to USD Tether, and then Tether to whatever else I want. So I buy this BNB and I buy this Phantom. I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to invest in. And I'll tell all that at some point in on the YouTube today. Certainly, I'll be talking about this. Suffice to say, I'm basically picking two main projects that I'm investing in. One of them is really for, they're both staking related, but one of them is really more a long play. I suspect that one is going to explode at some point in the next two or three years. And it's because they've built, they, they turned it into a real business. They sought out venture capital. They have backing from outside crypto, which tells me that they're here not only for the long haul, but there's going to be money being pumped into it without having to wait or rely on the sketchiness of the crypto investments. So it's one of those serious long plays. And so as a result, I said, you know what? Let me go in this guy. But I'm not going to give any specific numbers. Suffice it to say, right now it's it's under a penny, but not that far off from a penny. And based on the price movements that it has today, I haven't finished how much I want to put in it. I want to put in 10% more or 10 times more than what I put in there, which I won't be able to do immediately. That's going to happen with future payments. Because I know exactly how many, in this case, tokens that I want from them. But basically, to give you a sense of what I'm talking about with this guy, if this guy goes to, right now, today, if it were to go to 10 bucks, which is not that unusual given the venture capital injection and the fact that we're currently in a bear market, if this guy goes to $10, I'm a millionaire. It just needs to go to $10. When I put in a little bit more, it would only need to go to a dollar and I'd be a millionaire, but I'd be okay with 10 cents because of the other project that I invested in. This project's a little bit different because this project I'm currently doing for passives. I invested in a couple of other ones. They're, one of them in particular is going to be a millionaire type situation at some point, probably in the next four years, five years. I can guarantee it's going to be. But this one that I decided to buy into, and that was where the Phantom, most of the Phantom went, based on the way that I did the investment breakout, it's, it's, it's 
there's a lot going on with that project where I suspect that at some mysterious point for mysterious reasons, after the bear season passes, we're going to start seeing it to start skyrocketing potentially to the point, like potentially higher than even bone. I think bone, I want to say bones max max was like 60 bucks per token. I want it, it got high. It was, it was high. Cause it got high. It was high. It was, it was up there. Uh, let's see. That's $3, $5. I'm pretty sure it got higher than that at one point in the distant past. I want to say it went higher than that. I want to say it did. Maybe it didn't. Regardless, let's say it does go to $3. If it goes to three, this other one, if it goes to $3, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> and based on supply, based on utility, based on everything else it's doing, I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised if it didn't do that. Today, I'm only using it for passives, so I wouldn't be able to just dump it for a million, and that's okay, because the volume would give me enough passives, I wouldn't really care, because it would basically be my $100 a day target, and that's what I've been shooting for, and I said, let me just go ahead and put some money in these, because I've held off, because we're now at rock bottom with some of these, the price was so dang low, I had to toss some money at them, and I do not regret it in the slightest, and then with one of these, I see the price movement keeps going, kind of going, eh, I don't know what the heck's going on. And then another one, they have a token that's going live on an exchange today and another one in the near future. And I suspect that one, that's the one that I think is going to start skyrocketing. So I went and bought a little bit on that one. So in summary, I spent not a lot of money. We're not talking life-changing money in. We are talking quite a bit of money higher than what I had done before. It's arguably a hundred times what I've ever invested, but it's still throwaway money. Not throwaway money, but it's it I can spend it. I can afford to lose it. And I'm pretty sure in this case, I'm not going to lose the vast majority of it. I am going to lose some because we are still seeing some bear activity. But I said, you know, let me just go ahead and take this jump now. Now's the time to do it because I want to watch with these tokens if we can get out of the bear market that we're in. Let's see what happens. So let me talk passives now because I want to justify this to you a little bit. In terms of passive rewards in what I was doing before. So this is prior to today's uh, purchase. In passive rewards before, I might have made, when the volume is high, I might have made 2 to $3 a day. When the volume was lower, it might have been anywhere from $0.60 cents to a dollar-ish. And rewards, I accumulate the core token rewards plus Binance USD rewards. In what I've invested now, and this is in the low volume period, mind you, I've got, let's see, one, uh, somewhere around three times that amount at the of the peak. So let's say $9 a day. But this is in the low volume period. So if we say that it was three at the peak, and then a third of that out of peak. So we should expect 27 when things spike back up again. If that's the case, I'm there 30% closer to my $100 a day goal of passive rewards off one project. It's, it's one project, but it has like four components, but it's still one project. So now that makes it simpler because all I have to do is find, in this case, two other projects to get closer to my $100 a day. And for those that are new, the $100 a day is my target for passive rewards. Because if you calculate the $100 a day, 
as business days, you get very, you get pretty darn close to 30,000 a year, which is more money than many people make at a full-time job. That was always my target for passive rewards is I wanted to chew off a significant chunk of what a a full-time job would do. As I said, I'm not going to kind of piss you off with an underdog token or any of that kind of stuff. I'm going to use this remaining time to talk about Libero slash Libera. And the reason I want to talk about this is that I was noticing some strange stuff going on with this business. And I think it's by design. I, I don't believe it's done to cheat people. I think what they're doing is they're trying to discourage certain behaviors. And as I've said, I think the devs suck at explaining what they're doing. And so I figured, let me go ahead and just do a coverage on the show. And I'll mention it as well on our live broadcast on YouTube as well. But there's something funky going on with the wrapping. W-R-A-P. What I'm noticing is when you go to wrap Libero to get Libera, and you tell it, I wanted to understand how much Libero should I expect to be in the Libera? Right now, it's close to about a five to one-ish. It's like 4,000 and some odd. And then you get, you know, for that, you would get one Libera. Well, that's kind of odd because that seems like a rather high number of libero because if that were true, that it was like 4,000 libero, somebody could make a killing when this goes live. And I think it already has, but when it goes live on Digifinex for libero, somebody can make a killing just buy a whole bunch of libero unwrap, which has no fee. And if it was truly 4,000 libero, that's a lot of freaking libero. So when I went to the unwrap side and I just said, okay, I've got one libero. Tell me how much libero I would get. And it says 834. Okay, that doesn't match what you just told me. So when I go back to the wrap, I see what they're doing. And I wanted to take the time to explain it because, again, the devs suck at explaining. And I see they're just kind of, as I say, slapping stuff together. And they're not taking the time to explain it to people, which I think is turning off some people. And they have not reached out to me, by the way. I wanted to take the opportunity because I don't want people to get ripped off. When they have in the wrapping interface, which is in their Libera.financial or Libero.financial, but it's Libera I'm talking about, they refer to a current index and a variable index. They no longer show the wrap fee. And the reason I thought to call this out is that the fee is still technically there, but they're using, as Zab Judah says, slick, slick with it verbiage to try to hide the fact that there's a fee. What's happening is that the current index, all that's saying is for unwrapping your Libera, so if you already have the Libera and you want to unwrap it, the current index is just telling you how much Libero you'll get for the unwrap, which I believe is the basis. I believe that's the basic for how much would be inside the Libera, regardless of any of these other shenanigans. The 834 is the basic. Now that's higher than where it was before. When this launched, it was like 650. So it's higher. It's certainly going up and it it's correlated to the price movement of Libera. No problem. But then they have the variable index, quote, dynamically adjusted based on Libera, Libero price. But they're not being clear about what they mean. The variable index, from what I can tell, is the number of Libero that it would take to wrap to one Libera. And I just confirmed that to be the case. So 
it's not really an, it's an index, but it's misleading in how they present it because the variable index that they quote is how much Libero that you would need to wrap to get one Libera. However, when you unwrap one Libera, you're getting a fraction of that amount. So it's important to understand. Again, I'm pretty sure they did that on purpose to stop people from pumping and dumping Libera. Cause if you were to, if you had an equal index, as they call it, you would just buy a whole bunch of Libera and then unwrap it and then make a killing. Or you would just rush to wrap all your Libero, sell it for inflated price, and then unwrap it. So I know they did it on purpose. And what they did is they basically, they're showing a different number because they're basically taking a bunch of the Libero as the previously the wrap fee. So they're hiding the wrap fee because they know people didn't like the wrap fee. Instead of simply telling people the wrap fee is so you don't pump and dump the mother, sorry, I almost cussed, the MFR. I believe that's what they were trying to do with this. And I thought I called to attention because I had noticed it. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of shady <laughs> that they edit it that way. Again, I don't think they're trying to rip people off. I think they're trying to keep the price stable and keep people from dumping on it. I got you. This isn't the way you do it. The way you do it is to explain why certain fees have to be a thing and what you're trying to do with it so that it doesn't come across as sketchy. That was one. Two, they renamed the banks. So in Libera, they have a Libera bank and now a Liberator bank. If I were talking to the devs, and of course they're ducking the smoke, but if I were talking to them, I know what they would say. Well, if we go down to AMA, deep, deep, deep. And as I keep saying, normal people don't go to almost cussed freaking AMAs. And you need to have this stuff on your site. In a perfect world, it'd be in the tool explaining what you're doing. And the reason I know they just slapped this together, it says, quote, Liberator Bank is the world's first triple passive income token. Liberator Bank is not a token. So all they did was copy paste text and didn't bother cleaning it up because they were rushing this out. So I figured I would explain what the difference is. Libera Bank is for you to stake your Libera and get the rewards off the Libera staking. The rewards are not the way they initially described it. Initially, they described it that you would be able to create separate stakes with separate durations. While this is somewhat true, it's misleading in application because you can only stake in a different reward pool and the reward pools are on their control. So when this first launched, it had a reward pool and I forget what the percentage was. It's certainly higher than what it shows now. I think it was like five, five X, but they put a cap on the pool limit. So you can only have so many tokens in the pool. And this was very similar to the way they did the pre-sale where they put caps on how much people could do in these buckets and didn't give priority to people who are already holding Libero. They did the same thing here. So if you missed out on the first reward bucket, you have to go to another reward bucket. You can't increase that stake anymore. You have to go to the other reward bucket. That reward bucket is half what the other one is. As a result, nobody's doing it because it's not worth it. It's only a 0.5 reward. That's not worth it. You'd have to toss millions and millions of tokens in the thing and nobody's going to hold that much. That's Libera Bank. Liberator Bank is where you would stake your liquidity pools. Previously, this was all one bank. And that's what I would have done is just keep it one bank with two sections and just have tabs. One that says stake your Libera. One that says create stake a liquidity pool and keep it simple. So Liberator Bank, all it's doing is staking your liquidity pool. 
inside this, then it's very confusing because in order to see your individual stake, it has a function at the top and then they just start slapping buttons all over the interface and then they don't, they're not consistent with the colors and none of it makes any sense. They added the zap feature, the zap, don't let the name fool you. All it's doing is automating the step for creating a liquidity pool or up adding more to a liquidity pool. That's all it does. So let's say you have Binance USD and you want to get in on the Libra liquidity pool, but you didn't want to buy Libra. You just want to help get the rewards off it. The Zap says you can pick your Binance USD. So say you put $200 in it and it will automatically split that 200 into 100, 100, 100 BUSD, $100 worth of Libra, build the pool on BuySwap and then you can stake it. And there's a zap for the stake. So it's just automating the process for you. That's all it does. Again, their devs suck at explaining these things. I see what it's doing, but they needed to explain it as I've been hammering them to do. But that's all that does. So then the rewards now are heavily skewed towards the liquidity pool staking. You get 4X Binance USD rewards, allegedly 25X Libra rewards. From my experience, it is not 25X in the Libra rewards. I don't see that at all. Unless there's something I'm missing, because I have a pretty decent amount in there. I'm I'm pretty close to the 10% mark. <laughs> so, you know, I'm pretty in there. So I, but yet mine's nothing. I, I don't have a lot of Libro. And I understand volume drives a lot of it, but the Libro rewards are not supposed to be volume driven. The Binance USD is, and the Binance USD I see is fair for what I put in. But the Libro rewards is certainly not 25X. There's no way. There's no way it's 25x. So I don't know what the heck's going on there, but that's what the Liberator Bank is doing. It is a liquidity pool stake for Libra. It is where you're going to get the vast majority of the value in terms of staking rewards as opposed to the individual token staking um, because they're trying to stabilize the liquidity pool. And based on the Binance USD, the monthly drop of Binance USD rewards, I'm getting... Way more Binance USD reward drop from that on this liquidity pool than I ever got on Libero. And I have roughly the same amount, I think now. I might have dropped it. But I have a pretty decent amount in Libero. And I've never gotten anywhere close to that amount of money in the uh, monthly Binance USD drop. So I don't know what the heck that's all about. Anyway, something you may want to know. Well, I'm getting closer now. But anyway, something you want to know in these changes because they suck at talking about the changes is the zap feature just allows you to automatically create the liquidity pool off of any basically any of the four tokens so you can create it off of if you have just libera it'll split your libera by the busd and create the pool that way if you have libero it will i'm pretty sure wrap the libero and then you get punished <laughs> off the wrap fee so i wouldn't tell you to do that but libero wraps to libera and then it splits it to BUSD and then creates the pool or BUSD splits it, buys Libra, creates the pool or BNB, you can do BNB too. It will sell the BNB off to Binance USD, split it and then create the pool. And if you're interested in rewards for Libero, Libra, etc., you'll need to do the liquidity pool staking if you want any sort of significant rewards. The Libero still has the highest rewards from what I can tell in how much money you put in versus how much you get out. But the Libera liquidity pool staking is going to give you more rewards faster, if that makes any sense. 
the price of Libero has still been going down, which is something I was kind of con- not concerned, but confused about to the point that it's, it's stabilizing now. But like right now, if you were to put a thousand dollars in there, you're getting nearly two many, two million Libero just to put in perspective why this is like, wow, when I first bought in, I must've spent like 40 bucks on it on the presale. And I got like 7,000 out of it. Currently I hold because I've been creating a basis and just kind of stacking on it. Currently I have about 170,000 and I have to put another $13 worth in there. So I figure I'm going to be about $250. My plan is to get to 1 million Libero at some point within the next couple of weeks. And the reason I'm targeting 1 million, 1 million tokens is because of the passive rewards primarily. However, because I see that it's 2 million, if you put in a thousand dollars worth, and because I already have a hundred dollars worth in there as it is, that means I could theoretically go a million in the bank and a million out in the wallet, take advantage of the rebasing and the interest rewards. Then if I'm right and the price starts jumping right back up, I'm going to make a lot of money off of it. So Libero, think of Libero for me as my real long play of wealth generation based on where we go with Bitcoin. And then Libera is kind of passive. It's supporting the passive rewards. My, I have a Libera stake and then I have a Libera liquidity pool stake. And then I have a Libero stake and I have an F Libero stake. And you're like, why? I always said I wanted streams of passive income because that's always been my pie in the sky and going this way supports all of it because each and every one of them is generating passives. But then as dips happen, like we're seeing here with Libero, I can then buy in. And then I suspect for me, that guy's going to go back to a penny. If it goes back to a penny, then I'm good. Even if I only had a million in the wallet, the passive, the volume of the passives would be significant. And then I could just simply dump those back in the bank. So I've got a strategy is my point. And what I want you to do is your call to action is identify projects that support whatever your strategy is. The reason I talked you through all that is so that you knew I put a lot of thought into where I was trying to put some money. And it wasn't the only project I ever have money in. I still have projects that have other money, but they have different strategies to them. I do them for different reasons. I don't have one fixed strategy for everything. Everything is designed in a bigger plan, certainly, of passive rewards, but I treat them all independent. I treat them all unique because they are unique. There's different treatments that you have to do in order to make sure that it supports what you want, which for me, I've created my goal, which is I want $100 a day in passive rewards. It's as simple as that. However I get there, I don't care. Secondary to this, I wanted to have something that was a long play that I could build in and kind of just sit on and say, this is a long play. At some point, is I can almost guarantee it's going to generate wealth. Then I just have to resist the temptation to let it go. And for the most part, I have. I haven't done any, I've sold for profit on Libero multiple times. So the money I put in there right now is all raw profit. There's, and it's money I can throw away. It doesn't really matter. Um, if I lose it, I lose it. I don't think I'm going to lose the vast majority of it. So I just have to watch it. And then the other projects that I invested in is their waiting game. And I know that they're strong enough and they're stable enough that I just have to be patient with them and see what happens. I purposely stayed away from the projects that I've said that are just, they're getting too much chatter on social media or they're just too much hype. And 
that seems to have been better for me. I seem to have a stronger portfolio as a result. I can predict my own portfolio's direction and whether or not I'm on the right track or not much easier than I could back in October. In October, it was all presumptive and all speculative, and I didn't like that, and I wanted to shift it into something that's more predictable, finding those projects that I knew could do what I want them to do, like even projects like Rich Quack, right? I can, I know what it would take to make profit off Rich Quack right now. I know how much I would need to put into it. I know that it's a risk, but it's a lower risk, but it's still a risk. But I could make money off of it. I could easily turn $1,000 into $10,000 of Rich Quack because I know how to do it. I just have chosen not to because I'd rather not give any project $1,000 that I don't believe in conceptually. And that's that's one that I think they're good people, but I don't believe in it as a project. Whereas some of these other ones, I see they're doing good stuff and they're working hard and they're trying to create utility and they're trying to be serious. And so, okay, I'll, I'll put a play out and see how it goes. And that's how I've been. And for anybody that's in Luna and UST, sometimes it's the obvious pumps, right? The ones that your price is just too dang unsustainable. Look at Seifu. Seifu, again, and for anybody in Seifu, I'm sorry, I'll tell the truth, and I know people don't like it, but Seifu launched at 10 bucks, a, a coin, a token. It's down to 30-something. <laughs> it skyrocketed to 330 per, per token. It's back down to 30. That's not normal. That level of drop is not normal. We can't blame the bear on that. There's more to going on with that one. I don't know what it is. It's not that they're aping into Titano. They're not aping into Libera that I can tell. Some were, but not all of them. I could trace the wallets, but that's too much work. My point only is that sometimes these projects that have unrealistic growth, it's fine if you want to get in, make some money and get out. That's how people have treated some of these. I'm not one of those. I'm I'm less I'm less attracted to those projects. I'm looking for stability. I'm looking for something that it feels right on how they're approaching it for my money. And there may be things I'm still annoyed because all crypto has things you're annoyed with. But as long as the the general process flow is sufficient and sustainable, you know, I can kind of work with it from there and just manage it by not putting so much money in there. And I challenge you guys to think about what is your strategy for investment? How are you going to do it? What is your real priority? Why are you in crypto? And the reason I'm, I told the story and why I'm saying this now and everything I'm talking about with the UST Luna situation, at some point, everybody's got to get this existential thing going where we say, we really need to think about why we're in this. Why are we in it? Other, If you're just profit driven and you're a gambler, then you should be shrugging off what happened with Luna. You should be shrugging off what happened with Bitcoin. No problem. I would argue most of us are not gamblers and we don't, although it's throwaway money, we don't like to lose money when it's out of our control either. And so my, my concern and my outreach to you guys is to say, think about why you're in this. Think about what you want it to do for you. Think about what the end game is. Don't just accept what you're told. Don't just accept what you're seeing. What is your end game? What is the whole reason that you do it? so that you can adjust your portfolio to match your objectives, whatever they may be. I'm not telling you to pick certain projects. I'm saying choose what your priority is. Why are you in this? What do you want out of it? And then pick projects that align with what you want. And if you can't decide what you want, I would caution you that maybe crypto isn't for you. 
because you should always have a guiding principle as to why you're doing it. Even if it's just to get rich, sure. But are you trying to get rich as a gambler? Or are you trying to get rich off fundamentals? You still can have some basic principle as to what to look for in projects. Use me as kind of a compass as to the kinds of things I look for when I evaluate a project that guide the projects I think are worth the time. And follow our YouTube channel as well because I, every now and then I will do this kind of coverage on some of these cryptocurrencies. At some point, when we get out of this bear season, I will pick back up on the underdog tokens. But you're going to see that there's a shift in the kinds of tokens I cover because I am trying to isolate projects that I think are stronger now that we are flushing out the bad eggs. That's all I got for you guys, man. I know that's long-winded, but I, I hope that gave some insight in thought process, what I've been thinking of, what I've been doing, how I've been responding to the bear season, how I've been responding to Luna, how I've been responding when I get money, and what I'm focused on now is completely different than where I was in October, November, or even December. It's a completely different mindset, and I think it's better, and you just have to learn. I've been fortunate that I've never been, I've never lost more than a total. I'm talking in total. I've never lost more than maybe $10 across cryptocurrency in like rug pulls or honey pots or any of that stuff because I tiptoe in it. I try things, see if it works. And if I lose a dollar, who the heck cares? Because I wait for the devs to screw up, almost cussed. And the ones that look like they're long-term, I give a little bit more money, never more than I can lose. And then just watch it. And I know that at some point, the ones that I've got, they're going to make me some money, but I'm also a different type of investor than everybody else. I recognize that and I'm proud of that. And you should be proud of that too. Do not let anybody tell you how to invest. I don't care if it's a YouTuber. I don't care if it's a podcaster. I don't care if it's social media. Don't let anybody tell you how to invest. you got to create your own strategy for what makes sense for you and stick to it and be proud of it. I'll see you guys next week. We're done for this week in all crypto. Watch out for those, you know, Luna type projects. And again, just think about it. What I'm saying, why are you in it? Figure out what your why is and use it to align your portfolio to support your why. I guarantee you're going to be happier as a result.